Good morning and welcome to Morning Java, brought to you as always by GetGo Cafe and Market, where right now, Dale, you can still get everything that you always get from GetGo. They've got sandwiches, they've got the cold drinks, they've got the snacks. I, st I restocked up on snacks just yesterday. And you know what time of the year it is, Chris? It's, it's almost pumpkin season. We're almost oh through August. Pumpkin, pumpkin season pumpkin. is here. Don't forget that when you go to GetGo. Absolutely. They got all the pumpkins, the pumpkin flavored, everything. Let's go. So get ready to enjoy some fall festivity with that. But Dale, we got to get to an article that you wrote where you did your predictions on what the roster would make out. We're going to start in this first segment talking about who you see on offense making, making the team. Now, uh, a lot of people were had spent the entire offseason talking about if Paxton Lynch is on the roster, he has a bigger arm than Devin Hodges, he should be able to make the roster. You say that's not going to happen. Is that what, what's led to that? Yeah, I think the uh, you know when they had their their full team scrimmage Saturday night and Paxton Lynch didn't get any uh, snaps in that uh, in the scrimmage, that kind of shows you that they're leaning towards Roethlisberger, Mason Rudolph, and Devlin Hodges as the three quarterbacks. I think they probably put uh, Paxton Lynch on the practice squad and uh, you know keep him around, but he's just not going to make the roster. Gotcha. There now in the running backs, there's a big debate amongst who's going to be the odd man out because you can't have you can't have too many roster running backs on the roster well, you can't have too many running backs on the roster but you can't afford to overload uh you know you know too much part on this part of the roster so you know there's a question you got to keep Derek Watt you got to keep James Conner and Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland but you have Jalen Samuels as the guy the Steelers take and not a Wendell Small Smallwood or a Kareth White what do you think wins Jalen Samuels the job over those guys Quite simply, it's special teams. Uh, the other two guys aren't going to help you on special teams unless they're the return guys, and it looks like McFarland is going to be that. Uh, so those guys will be redundant on the roster. Jalen Samuels is still a, a core special teams guy on this uh, roster, and so I see him making it over those guys. Very interesting there because, you know, I was wondering about how if they, if they can have a, just a faster option, would they take that? But if Jalen Samuels is, is the more versatile, that absolutely adds to it because that saves you having to work for another roster spot for a special teams guy. Moving on to the wide receiver position, uh, you have the, them taking six wide receivers, which isn't the surprise, but you have as the, as the fifth and sixth guys, Ryan Switzer and Ray Ray McLeod. What have it? What has you thinking that that Deion Kane's going to be forced out of this, forced out of out of the situation here? Because he was like at least a decent, just you know, fifth or sixth man deep threat last year, and maybe that could help the Steelers on the outside. Yeah, this is the one I was the most unsure of uh, when you come when it comes down to it. Uh, I, I looked at Deion Kane as kind of a redundancy as well. People going to play special teams a whole lot. That's going to be Chase Claypool being used as a gunner as opposed to Deion Kane. Maybe he makes it, maybe he doesn't. But I've liked what I've seen of Ray Ray McLeod. I think Switzer is just the kind of guy that is your kind of the glue of that group, if you will. And I think, you know, Roethlisberger likes him as well. He's respected in that locker room. Uh, despite the fact that many of the Steeler fans don't respect what he does, uh, the players do on this team. Uh, so, I, you know, again, I could see Dion Kane making it, uh, you know, over Ray Ray McLeod and McLeod going to the practice squad. One way or the other, they're keeping uh, seven or eight receivers, though. That makes sense. As far as the tight ends and the offensive line, you have uh, Gentry being the third guy at, at tight end. I know there was talking about Gentry's blocking earlier 
um, in this in this training camp. You have him making it over Kevin Rader. Um, and then for the offensive line, I think, you know, the offense, your offensive line picks were pretty much, uh, you know, the, the board as far as what people expected, you know. Yeah, those them. are set in stone. I mean, I, yeah. there's just no way that anybody else is going to force their way into that, though. I, I do like what I've seen from Derwin Gray. Mm. What what makes you think that Gentry's won the job over Kevin Rader? Because I know he's a local guy, so a lot of people have talk about him. I, I just think that it comes down to are they going to have enough special teams guys elsewhere? Um, in the uh, scrimmage the other night, Gentry got all the first team snaps. Uh, Raiders still a uh, Raiders a guy that they can sneak onto the practice squad, and, and he won't be uh, you know scooped up by anybody else. Uh, I think that's the, the difference here. I think if they did put Gentry on the practice squad, uh, you know he's got some NFL film out there. Um, was a fifth round pick. He may get uh, he may get taken away, but uh, I don't believe that Raider would. All right, Dale, so let's switch to the defensive side of the ball. Looking at looking at your predictions, you have them keeping six defensive linemen and Cam Hayward, Tyson Alou, and Stephon Tuitt, the obvious starters. But you have Chris Wormley, Isaiah Bugs, and Daniel McCullers. Uh, I noticed there's no Kavon Walker there or any surprises there. Seems like that's pretty much the board for what uh, people would expect at that position. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, no real surprises there other than maybe Daniel McCullers making it again. But uh, he hasn't looked bad in camp. And I think Chris Wormley being hurt a lot has, uh, you know, kind of helps his cause. Uh, you know, they haven't been able to take a long look at Wormley at nose tackle at all. So I think, uh, you know, McCullers makes it. They can sneak some of those other guys, again, onto the practice squad uh, and see what happens there. Um, you know, it, it's just uh, – it's a situation where McCullers is probably – is one of the best six on the, on the roster. What's your, what's your readout on Isaiah Bugs? Do you think he's made any progress ha- after last year? Because some Steelers fans were excited about just seeing, seeing him grow up and maybe becoming the, uh, the, you know, part of that second defensive line. Yeah, I mean, I think he's, you know, making the improvements. He looks thicker this year, uh, more of a base. I know last year he was more of a, uh, you know, just a long-legged – kind of, uh, you know, defensive end type. I, I, I like what he's added in terms of the changing his body a little bit. And, and maybe uh, at some point, you know, he could be uh, in the mix as a nose tackle. I didn't think that before because, of, you know, he, had, he was a high-waisted guy. But now he's improved that, that lower body strength. And uh, I think we'll see that this year. Moving on to the linebacker position, outside linebacker, you got Watt, Dupree, Highsmith, and Adini. No to Juzar Skipper or J. Roan Elliott. Um, it makes you know I, I get I get the, the, that that thinking there. Um, what do you think is going to keep them off the roster that you haven't been able to see? Because I remember both were guys that were you know people were talking about a lot last preseason. Skipper, of course, then Elliot with with uh, the big pick six he had last preseason. Yeah, Skipper really. I mean, I get it. He had a bunch of sacks last year in the preseason playing against bad you know other third and fourth team guys, uh, and so he became uh, you know the 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 soup of the day, as it were. Um, You know, J. Ron Elliott's a far better special teams player than Tuzar Skipper. Skipper just doesn't seem to, uh, to get into the, into the mix in that fact that, you know, tells me that, uh, you know, he's just not very good at it. Um, You know, otherwise they would give him more opportunities at it and they haven't. Uh, You know, one of, I I think J. Ron Elliott goes on to the practice squad. He could be a guy that comes up every week just to play special teams. Certainly interesting there, but on inside linebacker, this this to me was probably the most intriguing. You have Devin Bush and Vince Williams, obviously, and Ulysses Gilbert, obviously, but you got as a, a five total options. You add Robert Spillane and Marcus Allen. What's the thinking there? Spillane definitely making the roster, and Marcus Allen not being a safety, but being an actual linebacker. 
Spillane is one of their best special teams guys. Mm-hmm. There's no way that he doesn't make this roster. He's a, I, I think Danny Smith would go crazy if he didn't get Robert Spillane, especially after losing Tyler Matikiewicz. Um, you need some of those core special teams guys. And as we get to the safety position, you'll see why. Um, now, I could see you know, them perhaps keeping, instead of keeping Marcus Allen on the active roster as a, uh, you know, as a, a, an inside linebacker slash safety, uh, maybe you keep a Jordan Dangerfield instead. Uh, but I think, you know, they go a little bit cheaper here. They keep Allen. He gives them, you know, some, uh, a little flexibility. Uh, he can play, you know, they've been playing at li- him at linebacker a little bit. He's had some ups and downs with that, but I think he'll get better at it. And I just think that, uh, you know, maybe this is this is where they need the most help with the depth. I, I think Gilbert gives them a guy there, but, uh, you know, they, they could definitely use some bodies there, and I think that's why they keep five of those guys. You have a team keeping six cornerbacks with Hayden and Nelson and Hilton as the, as the starters, Sutton and Lane as the, the obvious backups that people know about. But what, what about James Pierre? What makes you think that he's making the roster as the sixth guy? Uh, you know, he's, he's been a, a pretty good player throughout this camp for them. He's a big-bodied kid, uh, 6'2". He can run. Uh, they've used him as a return guy. Uh, he can cover kicks. He, he's, he's impressed me a little bit in this camp, and, and he's a guy that, uh, you know, I would have liked to have seen some of these guys in preseason games to see if they held up against, you know, other teams' uh, backups and those kind of things. We didn't get to see that this year, but he's a guy that's caught my eye. And then finally, for the safeties, uh, you have them only keeping four safeties, in, in, you know, on, in this in this uh, in this season. You got Minka and Terrell, of course, the Curtis Riley, the free agent that they signed, and Antoine Brooks, the rookie. But uh, as you talked about earlier, no Jordan Dangerfield. What's your thinking behind, you know, why he would make the roster for how long he's been there? And you know, people might ask, you know, what what about the experience he's had? And at least he could he would know the system. Whereas because Riley and Brooks, they're brand new to the Steelers' uh, defense. Well, I mean, it's been telling that they've played Riley in place of Terrell Edmonds when he's been out the last week. They want Riley's making this roster, and I think he's picked things up pretty quickly. Uh, he's the top backup there. Uh, you know, if you're also keeping Marcus Allen around uh, as a linebacker as well, I could have very easily put him down here at safety as well. Uh, but then you have uh, Cam Sutton and Mike Hilton who can also play safety. Uh, and I think that, you know, when you look at Jordan Dangerfield, uh, his salary this year, if he's on the roster, is, a, is right around $3 million. Uh, this is a, you know, a team that they need to perhaps save a little money there. They, get, they like to have some cushion going into the season, and maybe you even need just a little bit more of that this year since the base salaries went up. I think they can save a little bit, bit of money here while also keeping you know, the special team guys uh, with, with some of the additions that they've had this year, including that of uh, Derek Watt, helping them out with, on the special team side of things. So, Dale, in the national news, Yannick Ngakwe, the, the defensive end from the Jacksonville Jaguars, has been traded to the Minnesota Vikings. Now, that may not pertain to the Steelers particularly for right now, but historically, he was the last pro bowler of that 2017 Jaguars defense the Steelers lost to in the, in the, in the, in the, in the divisional round of the playoffs back in 2017 when they were 13-3. and Now that team that at the time people were saying was, was up and coming, they were the risers, they've dropped like a rock like you just showed. What's what's your take on how on on how this how they so quickly fell apart? Because Calais Campbell's a Raven, Jalen Ramsey's uh, you know a Ram. I don't even know where AJ Bouye is. Uh, you know, it's just huh? He's in Denver. 
Denver. Well, but that's my point is that, you know, you got all these guys. Telvin Smith's not playing anymore. The only guy that, 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 that like, you know, holds any weight that I remember is, uh, is Miles Jack, who's left on the roster now. Yeah, this just goes to show, and I, and I said this at the time, you know, teams like the Jaguars can have that one good year, that one season where, they, you know, they, everything kind of comes together for them. But to keep it together and continue with that kind of success, it's just not in them. Uh, they just can't maintain, um, you know, if you're a Steelers fan, that should be the one thing that you appreciate about this team. The lows are never super low. The highs are obvious. Uh, you know, you, you win a Super Bowl or two in that period. Um, but you just never bottom out like, like the Jaguars are going to do. Jaguars might be the worst team in football this year. In fact, you could find a lot of people that say they're going to be the worst team in football this year. And just two years ago, they were in the AFC Championship, three years ago. So, I mean, this is, this is why, you know, you build something. You build your team from within, and you don't go crazy in free agency. If you remember that Jaguars team, you mentioned guys like Campbell and Bouye. They were high-priced veteran guys that they had to go out and sign on the free agent market. At some point, you can't afford to do that. Kind of feel like the Browns are going to be in the same boat here in a couple of years because, you know, and they haven't won anything yet with, with, this, with this group. That's the problem. I mean, you can spend like crazy in free agency, but keeping that whole core together when you're doing that is really difficult to do. No, you're absolutely right. And that's a big reason. I think you and I were saying the same thing after that, you, after the, those playoffs were over, was that the Steelers, their roster was built from within. They drafted most of their guys. And yeah, sure, they added pieces like Joe Hayden, and, and now you have Steven Nelson and Minka Fitzpatrick. But, you know, by and large, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, home product, Marquise Pouncey, David DeCastro, all these guys, you know, part of the system and part of how they build. The Jaguars, they threw a lot of guys together, but, you know, they weren't able to sustain that. And I mean, and again, and, and let's not make light of that season. They were one bad call away from a Miles Jack fumble recovery that should have been a, called a touchdown and probably put the Patriots away in Foxborough in the AFC Championship game from making the Super Bowl that year. They were a talented team that year, but talent can only carry you so far when you don't have the organizational integrity that teams like the Steelers and the Patriots do because they continue to build around, around a core and they know what they're building and they have a system that they stick to. The Jaguars, obviously, their system broke very quickly.